to the backdrop untold stories in golf. I'm your host and co-founder of New Club Golf Society, Matt Considine. Today, we have a very special guest. Bob Hugelay of Side Street Golf joins me on the pod. Each season of the backdrop, I like to focus a few episodes on creators and entrepreneurs bringing something unique and different to the game of golf. When I met Bob and heard what he was working on at Side Street Golf, I knew the issue he was trying to address, and I just needed to learn more about the back nine, which is a golf bag that you can wear like a backpack, making it easier to carry your clubs on and off the golf course. And as you'll hear on this pod, I've uh, run into this challenge living in the city of Chicago for the last 13 years, and and, uh, I think it's awesome somebody is out there trying to address it. Today's partner of the pod is our friends at Golf Blueprint. Golf Blueprint is partnering up with us again this year for our spring meeting at Sweetens Cove, April 22nd through 24th. And we are thrilled to be bringing our members two of the most enjoyable days of golf uh, we can dream up. And with the spring season on its way, ask yourself one question. Is your game prepared? Are you ready? Most of us might start heading to the range or get some simulator time in over the next couple months, maybe roll a few putts when we can, but golfers on the whole, we mostly don't know how to practice. We don't go to the course with a plan. We put too much emphasis on our most recent round and we misjudge the areas of our game that need work. Golf Blueprint fixes that. They provide intentional monthly plans that step you through each practice session. It replaces reactionary practice with research-based process, and their algorithm takes all the guesswork out of practice. Do yourself a favor. Stop trying to diagnose yourself with YouTube clips, equipment, and swing gimmicks. Get a unique Golf Blueprint built for you and have more fun and interest when you practice. Now, without further ado, on to the show with Bob Hugelay of Side Street Golf. Bob Hugelay, welcome to The Backdrop. Matt, thank you for having me. <laughs> Good to have you on, man. Um, part of the, the Backdrop, our tagline is Untold Stories in Golf. And uh, over the years, we've had a variety of different golfers. Everyone's a golfer to some degree. Some people in the industry, some just you know, avid hobbyists of the game. Um, but yeah, you're a little bit of both. And, and, uh, one, one area that we've, uh, at least had three or four guests on every season is entrepreneurs who are bringing something new to the game of golf. So you being a Chicagoan, we were connected through some other fellow entrepreneurs and, and you were, you got something pretty cool cooking. So that's why, you know, we wanted to have you on the show is to talk about side street golf and the back nine, but, uh, let's start with Bob. What about Bob? Let's talk about you, man. Give, give us a little bit of background. Where are you from um, and how you got into this crazy, crazy golf biz? Sure. Um, so I'm from the uh, suburbs of Chicago, as many of us are, the Chicago land um, from uh, Frankfurt. But I've been living downtown Chicago, Bucktown area for about about 10 years now. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing golf, you know, my whole life, you know, on and off. I am by no means a great golfer, maybe not a good golfer, you know, depending on the day, but, um, what do you, what do you yeah. categorize as a good golfer? What, what, what is a good golfer? I, you know, really a good golfer is someone who can just keep the game moving, I think, and, and, and bring positive energy to the, uh, to, to, to the, uh, you know, to the course and to the game. I feel that. Um, I like that. That's a better criteria than like, you know, five handicap or whatever people think is good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, uh, yeah. So yeah, my, my, I'm, I'm happy if I break a hundred basically. So I'm not a, uh, a great, I mean, I, I love to play, but, uh, yeah. I see the uh, Chicago pride on the head cover in your office there. Um, you, uh, you grew up in Frankfurt. What was your, uh, what was your, your, your daily kind of golf course? Like when you were going out to play as a kid, where, where were you headed? So we would go up to, um, Frankfurt square. I think it's called square links. So it's a, uh, it's a nine hole, just kind of in, in, uh, the neighborhood there. And, um, I used to go up with my, my dad and, and, and my brother, and we would just kind of play around. It's great to, you know, practice your, your short game. Mostly they had a, it used to be a nine hole course, but the first hole is like, you know, 300, 320 yards. And they, they cut it into two, <laughs> two part three. So it's a 10 hole course. Now I think, 
you know, the neighbors probably caught too many, uh, too many uh, stray balls, you know, off the windows and whatnot. But if you're ever down there, it's it's really actually well maintained. So it's yeah. a it's a quick uh, quick nine for you or quick it, ten, I guess. It's rare. I, I after you know four or five years of doing what I'm doing, I, it's rare. I, I I don't I hear a place I haven't heard of or, or been to, but that's now that's on my list. I got to check it out. Uh, yeah. that's, that's also in vogue. Like short courses are coming back in a big way. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, and, and going back to me personally, I've got, you know, uh, married, got a few kids, a few young kids. So like, I think we've talked about before, it's hard to, you know, get out for uh, five, five, six hours, especially when you're driving out of the city, um, to dedicate a whole <laughs> more than half the day to, uh, to getting around it. So yeah, it's nice to find a, find a good nine hole just to, uh, you know, what the whistle. So in, in the, for that city life, if you are, uh, you know, what, what area you guys live in now? Uh, Bucktown. You're in Bucktown. Yeah. Where, yeah. where do you, uh, where do you get your quick golf fix? So I, you, uh, I'll usually go to Sydney Maravitz, which is not quick, but it's, it's a quick, fix. I mean, quick in, in terms of <laughs> to the course <laughs> Once yeah. at on the course is another story. It's one of the slower ones. Yeah. So that's, that's my go-to, um, diversity driving ranges is, is nice. Um, and I recently started going to five iron. So that's, they have, the, you know, a new location in the loop. Um, so if you don't mind taking the blue line, you can go right, right into, uh, like block 37 and, and go up the stairs there. So we, we were at uh, that, uh, new five iron location last night, actually. Um, that was my first time being there. I'm embarrassed to say they've been open for a while, but I got a kid too now, so it's a different ball game. But uh, man, that space was awesome. With like windows, <laughs> kind of helped to, you know, bring in the city feel, and then just the space. It's it's pitching. Oh yeah, no, for sure. It's a great, great energy in there. Everyone's just you know coming in after work, before work, whatever it is. So yeah, it's um, yeah, you can store your bag there. It's kind of built. You know, it's perfect for for city folk like us, I guess. Well, uh, speaking of bags, let's get to, uh, side street golf. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm personally always fascinated in entrepreneurs and their story. Like anyone that's willing to, to chase a vision or a dream or something that they want to bring into the world from, from nothing. Uh, I, I want to talk to those lunatics. I think it's like, you gotta be crazy to, to, to pursue it. And, uh, and I like your brand of crazy. So I, I wanted to, to kind of get your path to side street golf and the product that, you know, you're coming up here introducing to the market and what, what kind of led you to it. If you, if you could just kind of give us your basis of the, um, the origin story. Sure. So, um, I've been involved in a few kind of entrepreneurial adventures, worked at a few startups, um, had my own, a few things going on and I wasn't looking to, to start a new one, but the opportunity, you know, arose or the, uh, presented itself. So I was trying to, I used to live a little bit further south, but I was trying to bike up to diversity. Um, you know, with kids, you don't have a lot of time. I'm trying to get my workout in and, you know, and swing the clubs a little bit. So I was like, oh, I'll just bike up to the driving range and, you know, shoot around for a half hour, hour, and then uh, bike home. And there is not a good way to do that. <laughs> so I tried, you know, wearing my regular, you know, stand bag is, is not a good option if you don't want to, you know, clip cars or, you know, other people on these, uh, treacherous streets of Chicago. Um, so I bought on Amazon They have like, I'm like just Googling around on and looking on Amazon and they had this like little sling thing. It was like a little Velcro thing. I'm like, oh, perfect. I'll just, you know, I just need three, four clubs. And, um, yeah, it, it did not work out well. They they're sliding around, you know, it's, it's swinging around. So anyway, when you get to the driving range, you see other people with the same, you know, issue and, um, people are, some people brave it and, and do wear their full bag. Um, you know, they'll take a divvy or whatever. And then you see some people with just drawstring bags, you know, stuff them in there or, you know, clutching them on their, their, uh, handlebars for dear life. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it, that, that works if you're just doing a few clubs with the driving range, maybe, but then what if you want to go to, you know, Sydney Maravitz or, uh, bike down to Jackson park or, or something like that. Um, or you want, you know, more clubs, more secure, um, and really actually play a play around, you know, you're not going to bring a drawstring bag yeah. <laughs> out, out on the course. So Velcro strap okay. around, you know, 18 holes at Jackson might not hold up the whole time. No, no, you'll get some looks. It'll be uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I started just, you know, tinkering around on the idea. This was kind of right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, started 
uh, in my garage, you know, putting, I'm, I'm by no means like a, an engineer, but I like to tinker. So I was, uh, you know, screwing, screwing pieces of wood together. It's a lot of duct tape and zip ties, trips to Home Depot, um, you know, buying clips on Amazon and, and just playing with a lot of different ideas. So um, eventually I started to, you know, come up with something that I liked, started running it by a few people um, and getting feedback. And um, yeah, I was like, this is, I think there's a big opportunity here. Not only, you know, in Chicago, obviously there's that segment of people who just want to bike to the course, but even looking, um, I was talking to a guy who's, it was like his dad in Florida, you know, he's in a retirement community or whatever. He, they all like to walk or bike to the local course. And then you look at, you know, across the world, really, you know, biking, golf is obviously huge in, in Europe and, and uh, Asia, but, you know, biking and, and scooters and all that's even more popular, public transit. Um, so I think there's a large, you know, there's a big opportunity for just that space of getting from your house to, to the golf course. Um, you know, we kind of, there's only really one type of bag that people use now for that. But uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's a space we're playing in. The, uh, uh, you said something in your, um, on the website kind of about getting to this, this product uh, with the back nine, it, where that, that really resonated with me, which is once you, sometimes once you see something uh, or you see something until you see it, you don't see something until you see it, then you can't stop seeing it. And uh, I can relate to this in, in a very uh, similar way, not just from visually, but more from my conversations. It's like once I, I had inspiration for a new club, seemingly every conversation I had about golf, I saw a new club and I saw the void that it was potentially going to fill in, in that person I was talking to. I was meeting uh, just other young professionals. I was in business development. My whole job was to get out there and you know, in the business world, most people were playing, play golf. And so I couldn't believe how many people of my, uh, my interest level, uh, self-proclaimed golfers, watch golf, live golf, read about golf, not playing any golf. And I was like, well, okay, that's it. I can't unsee this now. Now, everyone I talk to, I want to know what are the reasons for not going out and playing? What are their, you know, what can we provide that would actually fix some of those things? So what did you see that you couldn't stop unseeing? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was every time I saw someone just like bike, I would just stand in front of the, the driving range and just wait and just like, see, I mean, maybe 30, 40% of people would be, you know, biking up, walking up, whatever. Um, and I just, just kept seeing it. And then in my mind, I had like the vision of them fitting on your back and being comfortable and easy to use. And then it became like an obsession of literally I'd be out in the garage, like late at night, early in the morning, whatever, just tinkering on things. Um, and I just, I just, you know, had this like vision I wanted to bring into reality. And you, um, you never saw anybody pulling up with like what you would call the solution. Like no one was all the way there. Like there was probably Sunday bags over shoulders and like different variety of how people were approaching it. But n nobody that had what like kind of was in your mind's eye. Exactly. Yeah. And then like, so I was like Googling, you know, golf, golf bag backpack and there's, I mean, nothing out there really. So there's a, there's a golf bike, which maybe, you know, maybe that's a good option for some people, but if you live in a city, you're not going to, you know, be driving a golf bike around and, you yeah. know, I, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it has its application, you know, for sure. And then you see those like scooter golf or there's scooters, like the fin scooters with the, you can put your bag right in the front. I mean, those are super cool, but you know, again, that's not going to help someone in Chicago or, you know, whatever. So there's, um, that's, yeah, so I, I think we're finding that space. So tell me about this early prototype. Like I, I'm also not handy. Um, my, my wife, I find this very funny. One time I was explaining to someone that I was handy and my wife looked at me and she goes, handsy. <laughs> and I was like, no handy. I can fix a sink. You know, I can do some stuff, but these early prototypes, you had some pictures on the website. I don't think you have your first one, but like, tell me about what they, what they were, what they look like. Um, one's pretty, pretty comical. I mean, I was like, man, what did people say when you showed them, you know, some of those? They were, uh, well, my first, probably my first one was a, I kind of had more of an idea of having, so right now the bag works. Well, this is, this is the bag. So you can, um, you can store your club head upside down inside the bag and that kind of lowers the center of gravity and, and makes it, makes it really functional. And then when you get to the course, you flip them around and then it's really a, a traditional bag. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the key point. My, my earliest prototype, they would stay, 
you would always have your clubs inside and it would kind of like open, it would kind of crack open. And it was built, my, my first one was built around a folding chair. <laughs> so I like took out the seat and used like the frame was the perfect size, you know, literally zip tied a backpack um, onto it. And uh, I mean, it, it worked, but uh, it was, it wasn't something that would be feasible to, uh, to produce. And then also he's kind of limited how many clubs you could, you could bring. Um, and yeah, it wasn't, wasn't super functional, but yeah, that was the, that was the ugliest one. I, I took it to the, to the driving range a few times. People would say, Oh, that's awesome. Can you sit on it? And I was like, <laughs> no, cause it, it still looks like a chair, but like, oh, so you, you did take that. You, you were full market testing, like strap oh, yeah. on. Let's get to the, Oh yeah. Got a lot of looks. <laughs> That might be V2. I'll be honest. I, I have a lot of 36 whole days where, man, it's like, man, I'd love a chair right now. I got to wait a little bit on this tee box. There's no bench around. It's a little soggy. Don't want to get my pants wet. Yeah. No. Yeah. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. <laughs> uh, so, so the, from those p- prototypes, because like ma- making that leap from, you know, uh, working in the garage and trying to figure this out to like being a, an endeavor and, and, and trying to get, you know, funding and, and becoming a company and starting the LC, all that stuff. Like when did you decide, all right, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to make it real. What, what was the, was there like a certain amount of feedback you got that you're like, okay, I need to do this. Or, or what was that pivotal moment? Um, yeah. So it was one of the key ones was I did like this, I put a survey out on, uh, on like Facebook. Um, I think I, did like a $50 gift card or something. I was like, just fill out the survey, not really specific to the back nine. Um, and it said that like maybe 20, and this was in a, um, some like a golf forum. So kind of hardcore golfers. And as I'm sure, you know, they're very picky about equipment and stuff no. and about, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not, not our crew, man. We plan No, yeah. People it's uh it's partial art, partial science. They, people are very specific about what they like. I mean, me, myself included. Yeah, no, and people have been very frank about their uh, their feedback. But we found like 20% or so of golfers were willing to bike to the golf course without seeing a back. They just, there was an unmet need of, um, you know, uh, of of people wanting to bike to the golf course without, without really a solution. Um, and uh, that was an early kind of indicator. Okay, there's something there because this is a very, this is not necessarily my demographic. You know, the demographic is more, more amateur or more um, someone who just likes to play casually, right? They're not going to be super picky. They just want a quick, convenient way to go. Or people who are the, I think people will golf more with this product. You know, that's part of it too, is you're taking, you know, kind of like what um, sticks is doing with, Hey, here's your introductory set of golf clubs. So they're appealing really to non golfers or, you know, golf curious people yeah. um, who, who now see this as, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a car, so I'm not going to go golfing. You know, that might be is people's mentality, but, oh, okay, here's a solution that I can, that I can have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that combined with just, you know, a lot of feedback from, from different, different folks. With that, that curious golfer uh, market. I mean, a lot of them are our members that have been now curious for two years and just like, you know, on that trajectory of becoming more of an avid golfer, but it starts at places like diversity and it starts at, you know, city Maravitz and places that are accessible and, and, uh, not going to take seven hours from your day. Right. For, for us that, you know, are, are diehards. Yeah. We're going to, we'll drive. A lot of us will drive three, four five hours to go play our, our golf course that we want to go play. Um, but in that, that phase, I got a, a cousin and, and a soon to be brother-in-law who are cousin-in-law. I guess that's what it is. They're yeah, close. Yeah. We're all very close. Um, <laughs> they, uh, d- during the pandemic, they just got like, really i mean our whole family golfs neither of them really did but man they are just gung-ho about like they just want to know everything about golf and like their questions are so cool to me like when i talk to them it gets me so much more appreciative of my golf life like that i have experienced a lot of these things that they're now going through and i have some reference points for for it and uh but man like they're just so in love with it they really are and uh they're square in this demographic like they hit balls two to three times a week at diversity. They go to five iron, they live in the city and they probably want to help the environment and not, you know, drive everywhere all the time. So, and get some exercise and ride a bike. So I, it's like, I, I see it very clearly that, that 
it, it is going to help people play more golf for sure. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's, we're kind of coming right in the wave of, you know, the popularity of golf in the pandemic, like, like you said, and then, you know, people be being more eco, eco-friendly, eco-conscious, more bike lanes are they're creating more bike lanes in, in Chicago, slowly, but surely we're protecting our, uh, our bikers. Um, what, what's the, uh, have you heard of any, I mean, what, since you've done this, I know you've gotten more market research and, 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 uh, you're getting ready for, is it the Kickstarter, right? Kickstarter launch. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. Um, I want to hear about that. And cause I'm curious on how that even works. I don't even know how that stuff goes, but, uh, have you heard any horror stories of golf bag, uh, blunders? You know, if you're going to turn this into a made for TV thing, like, you know, you know, where you have the woman trying to wash dishes and it's just a disaster and it's black and white. And she's like, your kid's crying and she's ready to throw the dishes through the window. It looks terrible. And then all of a sudden there's a product that, oh, my, my world is solved. I'm happy and all is well. Have you, have you any horror stories about that? I have, I have one that I can think of off the top of my head. I don't have any, I've never seen like a crash or anything, you know, <laughs> uh, that would be a good one, but, uh, well, a horrible one, but a good, good use case, I guess. Um, but no, I just get tagged. Like I started telling people about this, people start following on you know Instagram and that, and now I get tagged whenever someone posts like a goofy picture of someone, you know, biking with a big thing or on their scooter with like, you know, something, uh, duct taped to the back. Uh, um, so it's, it, every time I see one of the comment, Hey man, I got something for you, <laughs> you know, try, try to, uh, reel them in. Um, but yeah, no, no firsthand, like, thankfully, I guess no, no firsthand, uh, <laughs> experiences like that. Two of our, um, our members, one was, uh, kind of one of those curious golfers who, who is, is a couple years into that game. And, um, had a non-golfing roommate that wanted to, he's like, Hey, I want to go hit balls. Can I use your clubs? And he's like, yeah, you can, but he didn't have a car. And it's like, I got, I'm leaving. I need my car. So how are you going to get it? He's like, I'll bike. I was like, all right, just take like a handful of clubs. He's like, well, I want to, you know, hit, I don't know what clubs I want to hit yet. And he's like a new <laughs> golfer. And he, it's just funny when he tells the story, cause it's, he's going through his head. Like, should I let him do this? Like, is this a good idea? And they're in where probably like, Lincoln Park to diversity. So not far, but up, right. up a little ways. And um, you know, he he and then the story, the other guy picks up the story because he other guys' clubs that he loaned weren't wasn't there, but then he puts it on his back. I think he tried to do like a Rambo strap and he's cruising along just fine. But it's not a it's 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 a cart bag too. It's not even like a stand bag. Oh, and geez. so it's hanging off the side and he's he's almost too diverse. He's right on Stockton. And as he's turning the corner, somebody opens the, the door, he swerves, he's, he misses it, but the tail end of the bag, it doesn't, it clips the door, he spins around, wipes out. Oh, oh my God. You know, it's a, it's a crime scene. And then he's arguing with this wo woman who's like, hey, you just hit my door, what the hell? So I got, a, I got two clients for you out yeah. the, the gate <laughs> who would definitely um, be interested. But it's just, it's just awkward, right? It's just that, that size of a thing to either bike or even just maneuver a busy street or, um, you know, I, I've always attempted and don't tell the authorities this, Bob, <laughs> but, uh, in the off season, when we get these little breaks, uh, in snow, I, I go work on my wedge game out in South. I'm not going to say specifically where, but it's a park. Yeah. It's a, it's a Chicago park district, uh, park. And I take like 30 balls and I hit shots. I'll hit 50 yard, 80 yard, maybe stretch my 56 to 95 yards or so. But, um, but I do that. And when I do it, I'm only taking a couple clubs, but I put in the backpack. I try the center of gravity down below. Um, but you still have to secure the zippers cause it's just going to slide and open your, your bag. So it's, it, it also doesn't appeal to me. So I don't know if you have like a, a slim down version for a few clubs, like, cause you, you, the, the product that you're building now, that's for a full set, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. 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 So it's really, and this was a decision we kind of made early on, you know, do we want to build something that's smaller, really just like a driving range, you know, part three type type product, or do we go for a, uh, something that could really be, it could be like your primary bag. Um, so, you know, based on the, the cost and production, you know, we, we, we went with the, um, the larger one, cause we're, we're selling, it's really, we're positioning it like, a you know, you could just leave your 14 clubs in there all the time. Um, yeah. And just you know take it wherever. But yeah, I think that that's definitely gonna be our, our next product. 
making a lighter weight one, one that would, you know, serve juniors better, you know, younger, younger golfers, um, could, you know, don't, don't have as much clubs, don't have as large of clubs. Um, so yeah, that's like our, that's on the roadmap. So the current, current one, um, for the back nine is going to be, you can take it to the golf course. Exactly. Yeah. So how, how, um, how do you, how does that, how, let, tell me more about that. Like the envisioning, cause I clearly see the, uh, uh, benefits of like what we're talking about here with city and just quickies of, of getting to the, the, these places, um, going to the golf course. And I know what we got on our pod, we got a lot of traditionalists that listen to the pod. I, I think that's a good way to classify. I'll put myself in that category. I love golf history. I love like old stuff. I just love hickories and you know old leather bags that one irons and yeah, yeah. <laughs> the punishing side of this game, you know? So, so uh, I know that crew is going to be like, well, yeah, I do go to five iron or yeah, I do need to get to those places, but you know, I, I want my, you know, our de demographic, another bag is like the nineties ping hoofer, right? People that have a hoofer hold on to that thing as long as they can. It's like the best stand bag ever, ever built. So like, how do you, how does it work alongside those? Like, do you see it as, um, replacing any of those? Or do you think it's like, no, this is just going to be going to be different when you get to the golf course. So for the, yeah, for the, it, it, it can replace those, I guess, you know, functionally you can, you can carry 14 clubs, you know, stay, same amount of storage as a traditional, you know, regular stand bag, um, fit, it'll fit on a cart, a golf cart. Um, so once you get, you know, the, the goal is once you get to the cart or get to the course, I mean, stand bags are designed very well, right. They're over, you know, the last 30, since that hoofer, you know, they've been just optimized for, you know, putting them down, picking them back up quickly, um, getting easy access to the club. So we're trying to capture that, but also have a way to, you know, get in between, um, you know, the, the, your door and the, and the tee. So for traditionalists, you know, maybe this is, maybe this is a, you know, an additional, you know, bag. Traditionalists are also probably the ones who are, you know, interested in diversity of bags and clubs and, and all that. Um, so yeah, for them, it's maybe a secondary thing um, for someone who's a newer golfer maybe doesn't even have 14 clubs yet, you know, they're, they're building up their, um, you know, their game and their, their, their equipment. This, this could be their starter, their yeah. starter bag. Yeah. Cause I, I, that makes total sense. Like the, uh, that, that golfer isn't going to have multiple bags sitting in right. their, their apartment, right. They don't want to take up more space than it already does. Um, I'm, I'm different. Probably I got, you can see them back there three bags I don't use at all that are still sitting in this tiny little, uh, two bedroom apartment. I live, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I think too, about so many of our members that have like practice plans. So we work with a, a group called golf blueprint. It's another entrepreneurial idea that gives you practice plans and, and helps you to, um, it's basically like a personal trainer for your golf. Mm. So instead of, uh, you know, going, to the golf course and you're like, all right, uh, I hit the eight iron six times, I guess. And then uh, let's get the driver. The driver's fun. Let's rip drivers. And <laughs> it's, uh, you don't really know if you get better. What they do is they, they analyze your game. You fill out questionnaires. They do some data stuff if you want to get that deep into it, but they give you this practice plan. And what I love about it, actually those wedges in the park <laughs> are a big part of this. Like they identified plans for me to do wedge game and they know that when I do practice, I'm only going to go for 45 minutes. So it's not like I can get in the car with my, you know, full set and do that. Like kind of what I'm getting back to is uh, a lot of our members that do practice, you know, what not golf on the course, but where they're going to practice, they just, they have a specific plan that they, they are going to go to. And so taking those few clubs, putting it in something like this to, to just make it easier and look cooler. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's, I think it's awesome, man. I, I yeah, think it's, I think it's one of those it. things like, I don't know why someone hasn't thought about it. I guess every good idea people can say that. Of. Yeah. Um, Are there, yeah, sure. I wanted to ask you about other golf products you've seen um, that do you have any favorites, like as you're doing this and bringing a new product into the, uh, the, the golf sphere, is there anything that didn't exist in golf like maybe when you were younger that now it does exist and you're like, this is a cool product. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, 
Oh, we actually, I was just uh, connected with a guy from Big Beertha. So there's a lot of uh, <laughs> fun, like drinking type, you know, pro- novelty type products, which, you know, there's there's plenty of those. But um, yeah, so those are all cool. You know, you can always pick those up. They make for great gifts. Um, in terms of like something that's that's functional and and, and great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, there's another one, cool one called uh, Golf Kicks, where you basically, if you're a sneakerhead, you buy these little cleats that you can screw on to just a regular, you know, uh, gym shoe, whatever, um, sneaker. And then, you know, turn your, you don't have to buy the actual Jordan golf shoes. You can just take your existing Jordans and uh, <laughs> turn them into golf shoes. So, nice. um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's so much innovation out there. Um, but yeah, it's a big space. So uh, tell me about this Kickstarter. So how, how do these things operate i know the, the guys from putter are the only ones that i don't think they used kickstarter exactly but i've seen other brands that do this right it's a it's a new way to fund maybe it's not even new it's probably 30 years old and i just never paid attention <laughs> but it's um a way to to fund these endeavors because it's expensive right you're buying product your uh, r&d uh <laughs> i i can't imagine all the costs that go into this before you you even can make a sale or prepare to sell these products. What, tell me about Kickstarter. How does it work? What, what, um, attracted you to it and, and why is this the, what you're using to kind of launch the biz? Sure. So Kickstarter is a platform for creators and backers to connect. That's what they call them. So I'm a creator. Um, if someone's going to buy, you know, if you're going to buy the back nine, you're a backer of the, of the product. So I, I start my campaign, um, which we're starting on, uh, March 8th. It'll run for either 30 or 45 days. You can kind of set it. And basically you set, you set a goal. So I want to raise 20,000, 50,000, 100,000, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, backers find your, find your product on Kickstarter. You're, you're advertising at the same time, um, trying to get people in. So they see this like, huh, okay, this is interesting. You have, you know, nice video, pictures, descriptions, all, all the, the details. But it's, it's understood that this is a product, you know, in development. Um, you have a work, you have a prototype, you, you maybe have a design for manufacturer prototype. Um, so it's, you have to bring it to a certain stage before you can, you know, launch it. Um, and then people will, will back it, meaning they're, they're pre-ordering. So they're not, you know, they're, they're not, they're not getting any equity or they're not actually, you know, investing in the company. They're pre-ordering the product. And, um, typically you give them, you know, 20, 30, 40% discounts on your retail price to put that order in. And then, um, so once you get all the orders, you know, you run the campaign for 30 days. If you hit your funding goal, then you get, I, you know, I'll get all the, the creator gets all the funding. If you don't hit your goal, then everyone just gets refunded. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, no harm, no foul. But, uh, yeah, once you're funded, then, um, then I'll, you go and, you know, do the tool, you do the final step of production, you know, put in, do the tooling, do the uh, initial purchase order. Um, and then yeah, ship out. So, you know, you, you run a Kickstarter, you're not going to deliver the product for, you know, six months or, you know, depending what it is. Um, so yeah, you can find a lot of cool, there's, there's some golf, some cool golf products going on. There's, it's really big in, you know, tech um, stuff. Someone builds a, a prototype, uh, some, some software, hardware components, you know, like, like, like part of they build one really good prototype, having to have a plan for production. Um, they do the Kickstarter, Get the, get the funds and then, you know, finish it up and deliver. And then, uh, yeah, from there, you, you've got some, uh, you've got the, some, some proof of concept, right? You've validated your, your, your product with, you know, in the market. And then, uh, yeah, you kind of kickstart your business from there. What's your goal for the back? So my goal, uh, I think we're setting it at 20 or 50,000. Um, you know, there's some, there's a lot of behind the scenes of kick. That's how Kickstarter works. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes. So you're driving people to, to, you know, go, go and buy this, this product they've never heard of this concept. They've never heard of, you know, biking to golf um, that, you know, they may not be familiar with. Um, but if you hit your goal, then you, you get higher, you get ranked higher. It was in Kickstarter. So you start showing up on their homepage, maybe they're featuring you in articles and, and people have more confidence. Um, yeah. you know, you're buying a product that's already funded. You're like, okay, this is going to happen. Let me, let me jump on. It's gotta so, be a, uh, little bit of a nerve wracking time, right? As you launch it. Oh yeah. 
Oh, it's <laughs> it's nerve wracking. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, can, I, I can imagine. I mean, entrepreneurship is there's always nerves and doubts and all these things that creep in. But uh, yeah, just getting it started will probably be a sense of relief, and then you'll be really relieved once you're at that funded goal. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, that will be, well, I'll be relieved when the product's delivered. You know, there's so <laughs> yeah, many. Uh, it doesn't stop. Actually, the relief never really stops. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, that'll be a huge, you know, validation. And um, yeah, yeah, I'll see how it goes. And I mean, you know, behind the scenes, I've been connecting with different people and just learning about the, this industry. You know, I don't come from a, um, I come from more of a software um, consulting type background um, with, with some uh, experience with manufacturing. Uh, in that, but uh, yeah, you get to meet a lot of interesting people and think a lot about how to build this business. So it's you get get real creative, you know. Try, what, <laughs> try uh, to find the next sign up. Is it, yeah, what would you be doing if you didn't hadn't started this golf business, this golf brand? If I hadn't started it, um, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be golfing more. <laughs> you know, um, the unfortunate truth. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's it. Um, yeah, I'm a big. But I we like can help write. you out with that, Bob. We can help yeah. you out with that. That's yeah. You, those those reasons I was talking about to get you out, business owners included. We got plenty of them in New Club who uh, don't get out as much as they probably like, but still, we make it count. Is what I like to say. We try to make it count. There you go. Quality over uh, quantity. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, for sure. But, but where uh, where would you be? Is, is any anything specific you be working on? You think? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I've got a lot of ideas, entrepreneurial ideas, um, that just, this come to me, but ideas are easy. You know, doing them is, <laughs> is the, the, the hard, hard part. Um, but yeah, I, one thing I would, I, I do want to do is, is write. I'm a, I, I like to write just on the side for fun. Um, so I've, I've, I was working on a book. It's like a fantasy, you know, completely different than my day job and you know, this and everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, one day I want to pick that back up once things kind of calm down. That's awesome. So, yeah. Writing always comes in handy though, doesn't it? No matter what you're doing. I mean, as much as we're all like virtual now and being able to communicate with writing. I know I've I've identified it as a a, a weak spot in my game that I've been that I do enjoy actually is is working on the craft of, you know, written word and communication and uh yeah, it's it's it can be enjoyable. It can be fun. I'm not writing any fancy books, but uh Yeah. Maybe someday I could go that path. Yeah. Any titles you could release or, or share with us? Uh, no. Well, you we'll we'll have, we'll have a follow up in about three years once uh <laughs> once Back Nine is launched and successful and you're on your way and, and I'm coming out with my uh my book my my fan maybe it'll be golf elements within the book I don't know yet we'll <laughs> see. Um, we we have a. Like, uh, we have a book club too. We call the bag drop oh, really? live live versions of this where members read a book. We bring on the author. So maybe we have you back for that. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, what about the golf industry? I'm curious to get your take as you have met people like me and others that are, you know, a part of it. I'm going on five years of, you know, attending PGA shows and, and being a part of the the business side of golf, which is, I think as an outsider, like, I had a lot of misconceptions. I'll say that I, I really didn't um, appreciate the breadth of golf from a business standpoint, the number of people it employs, the variety of ways that people play. You know, I, I think we all are, are in our own bubbles and think that's, that's the way it is. And, and I've gotten into it and really realized um, it's not exactly what I had envisioned from, from so many points. But I'm I'm curious. I want your take on that. Like, what what has been your impression of the golf world? I mean, I know you're on the equipment side. I'm more on the uh, operation, golf operations and playing side. But what 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 have you taken in on the golf industry? Like observations. Um, you know, it's I, I, one one of my prior companies or that that I worked at was a uh, was a it's a it's like the largest instrument retailer, independent instrument retailer, um, maybe maybe in the country. Um, it's a uh, Chicago music exchange, uh, shout out They're in, uh, they're in Chicago. If you're ever looking for guitars, primarily, they also do, I think, you know, bass keyboards and synths, synths and all that. Um, but that was my first time working in an industry that's like interesting in that everyone involved 
is a musician and everyone like loves doing music. And this is like their, their day job, you know, it's like overlaps. Um, so it's just in similarly to golf, you know, if people are just found something they love and they just keep staying that industry, you know, and just, just keep doing it. Um, I took a lesson a few years ago from, uh, uh, my Chicago golf in, um, just in the city. And, um, uh, Marcus there was telling me, he's like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a, he was telling me about, you know, how, how he played in the, the Illinois, you know, PGA circuit or whatever. And at that time, like, I didn't even know, he's like, Oh yeah, I'm a PGA professional. I'm like, you're on, you're on the tour. You know, like I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that there's like the all, then I started to see everything that goes by, you know, in it and behind it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just fun to be part of an industry where people are, people love it, you know? Marcus is one of our, our favorites, man. He's a member of the club. And he, uh, he gives some lessons to members, man. I I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's great. Another well-needed, um, his par parking situation isn't great over there. It's not bad, but it's not great over there. So another needed like transport type, you know, oh, opportunity. Yeah. yeah. He's right off Milwaukee. Like there, there's a bike lane that literally runs right in front of his, uh, his shop there. Yeah. So. Um, we'll transition to, uh, our, our questionnaire, the 19th soul in a little bit, but what else about, um, side street golf? I guess one question I wanted to ask you is like, if you had a, you know, we're going forward in time, five, 10 years, what do you think was the impact you want your product to have on, on the game? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, our whole, uh, the whole, I try to think of like a, a tagline or a, you know, logo, a slogan, whatever, and get to golf is really our, you know, what it comes down to. And it's, it's making golf accessible, you know, letting the, uh, the, the, the dad of three who does, you know, who has, uh, you know, an hour or two on a Saturday to go get, get a workout in and, and bike, um, you know, gives them the opportunity to do that, to, to think of golf in a different way. You know, people who don't, don't have cars, can't afford cars, you know, live in a city, whatever. Uh, we want to help them get to golf. Um, like me going back to when I was in Frankfurt, I would have golfed a lot more, um, you know, when I was, you know, 14, 15, 16, if I could have biked to the square length, it's, you know, two, two, three miles from my, 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 you know, where I still live. And, um, you're not going to walk that and I didn't have a car. So, um, that's the thing. I'd love to just see people biking up to the driving range or, you know, biking to, to go golf with our, with our, you know, with our gear. Yeah. I, it makes me think of a couple, so a couple things like, um, just how much more common bikes are and uh, not driving are in Europe. Like I was fortunate to spend time over there as a student in college. And um, I see this product being like pretty helpful over there just because they're already so uh, already so uh, committed to that, right. That they're not going, you know, six story car garages that they are trying to walk and, bike as much as possible. And, uh, I see that like that comes square in the wheelhouse. And then you just said something about junior golf. I, I kind of, uh, am reflecting now on, I live pretty close. I was a country club rat growing up and I would beat balls till my hands I had calluses. And, um, I love doing that. And, uh, I, I think my mom didn't love driving me the three or four block. It wasn't far, but she, you know, she had stuff going on and, uh, yeah. She would drive me a lot of times, but a lot of times I would just walk and, and carry my bag. And I, I tell you, there's one day, man, a big old F-150 cruise by and, and, and you're, you're a kid. I'm a little kid. And I heard words that I had not heard, but I had a good understanding of what they were saying to me was not nice, not kind. Oh, really? <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it was, it had to do with my golf bag and, and a little bit of me was like, just reflecting on this, like a little uh, obviously standing out walking down a busy street with your golf bag on and a little ashamed of it. And I think golf has come a long way in being cooler. I know my friends um, that didn't think golf was cool now think it's really cool and want to be golfers. So that's, that's happened with age. But I think for kids, I just want them to like, I'm big on, on junior golfers being able to, yeah, you know, I, I, it's equidistant that that course that I would play was a basketball court. And I just, all I needed was my ball. I, I maybe I changed my shoes, but usually I just walk down the street, gym shorts on, t-shirt on, I'm out there, I'm playing hoops. And I think kids, if you have to go 
put on your, I, I know there's traditions and I'm, I'm again, I am a traditionalist, but for kids, if we're really going to get more people excited and passionate about the game, like why can't they just show up in their gym shorts and a t-shirt and, and go to a putting green and, and hit chips and putts? Like what is so damning about it? And I, and I view your, your product as a potential for that, in that same way of like, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been screamed at and called those names if I had a kick-ass backpack on, on my bag when I was walking on the street, or I wasn't dressed like a dork, you know, wearing, <laughs> like, cause any non-golfer is going to see it and be like, what, what's that outfit? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that ideas are so fascinating to me because they have a way to really impact the world beyond what we even have envisioned. And just hearing you talk about that, that's what came to mind was, you know, the kids out there that maybe don't want the full golf, like, you know, setup that they do want something cooler that helps them get to golf. And, um, I think it all plays in the same, same, same. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap up here with a little questionnaire. We do this for every guest, Bob. So don't feel uh, targeted here. We, uh, <laughs> we do this for everybody, but we call it the 19th soul. What we've done is adapted uh, the 35 questions from the French novelist, Marcel Proust. Uh, you're probably well familiar with Proust's work, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm who's not? not? But... Who, who's not? <laughs> you know, one of the most influential guys of the 20th century. <laughs> but we, uh, we took his questions and uh, adapted them for the game of golf. And so our, he was looking to reveal the truest nature of an individual. Our questions are looking to reveal the soul of the golfer. Uh, that's you, Bob. Are you ready for the 19th soul? Let's play. <laughs> First tee. When and where were you the happiest as a golfer? Um, happiest as a golfer. Uh, I'd say I'd say the uh, going back to that square links. I think it's the the seventh hole. It's a short little, uh, maybe 120 yards. But it's me, my dad, and my brother, that's always like the money hole. Like that's the one we're putting, you know, $5 on, $10 on who's going to hit the green. Um, it, I, we don't really, we're not like, you know, we don't bet th that much when we're playing, but just that hole. It's, it's always the same. We just like know it's coming. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, 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 I just have memories of that, you know, going back years, you know, so it's. I it's love fun. that. I love that. Number two, what's the scariest golf shot? The scariest golf shot? Um, for me, I'd say it's like a long putt, uh, a long putt, like downhill, you know, you're missing. It's, it's, it's shooting down. It's shooting off the green. It's, it's, you know, hitting the fringe. It's, it's out of there. I, my putting is like, I need to work on it. Um, but those, those long putts, man, it's, it's, it's just intimidating. And then you get in your head of like, how far do I need to hit this? And how do these greens roll again? And, you know. <laughs> pace that, that just makes you nervous leg. you don't want a three putt you know that yeah that it's, whole the, thing. it's the worst it's the worst yeah uh, uh number three what is your go-to order at the halfway house my go-to order at the halfway house um i'm a i'm a traditionalist i mean i'm going i'm going hot dog you know broad if they got them uh potato chips um just normally i like a salt and vinegar but you have to go plain when you're eating a hot dog you know if you're um, Chicago, if you're a true Chicagoan, which you clearly are, of course. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, yeah, maybe it, maybe a beverage, a, a beer or two. Nice. Number so. four, what is the trait you most deplore in your golf game? Uh, my golf game, uh, inconsistency, you know, it's, it's be, not, not being quite sure of where your, your next shot's going to go. And, uh, I recently started taking lessons again, which is, helped with that and I'm understanding more of the swing path and the club face and all that. So I'm starting to dial that in a little bit, which gives me a little bit of confidence, but it's that thing where like, okay, I've, I've been, I've been, you know, missing right a little bit. So I'm going to aim down the left side of the fairway and then you just blast it, you know, yep. <laughs> you just blast it straight, perfectly straight. Uh, that's the worst. <laughs> Number five, what is the trait you most deplore in other golfers? Uh, other golfers, I'd say, uh, not, not to go, maybe being just, just not loose on the course. I was at, uh, Robert Black, which is a, a nine hole, um, uh, up on the, up on the North side a little bit. 
And um, I, I showed up. I was late, but I was literally like a minute or two late onto the green. And there was a foursome, these two, like, you know, old dads, I guess, and then like their two kids. And the, the, like the guy was, one of the guys was like antsy. He's on there. He's, he's, I could tell he's like kind of mad. And I, you know, I walk up. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm, a, I'm sorry. You know, whatever. I'm, I'm not even going to warm up. I'm going to go and swing and, and, and go. I was playing by myself. And the starter had my back, actually. He's like, no, no, it's his, you know, his turn. So I go to I go to swing and um, I get up there. And I, the guy walked past me. And I was like, oh, you know, sorry, whatever. I thought he was kidding. He was so mad. And then, like, <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm, like, winding up, he's, he's, he's like, oh, this, you know, he starts swearing and whatever. He's like, kids, this is what you don't do. And there's no no respect and all that stuff. And I'm like literally two or two or three minutes behind you know um but i i striped it like that was <laughs> the best shot of the day really but i was so satisfying and that, that does not usually happen to me but um the yeah internal was, motiv- little motivation to yeah if I kept, like as, I kept, a, as a yeah. single you probably could pick you know close the gap pretty quickly i'd imagine if you're just a single yeah yeah exactly so um but yeah that was a but his little comments kept like coming back to you know, man what a miserable kind of person, you know, like, are you enjoying this? Like, you know, whatever. Everybody, but, sometimes I feel people are, are just playing golf to get done and, and that I can't stand that. Like you're, you're there to, to, to be there. So be there, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. And I know there's other stuff to get to, but man, I, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, number six, what is the quality you most look for in a playing partner? Uh, in a playing partner? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I guess keep going back to this, but someone who's just going to keep, just keep, keep playing, you know, keep it fun, keep it light. If you can't find your ball, just drop a new one. Let's not spend, you know, 20 minutes. I'm not a, you know, I don't keep, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about my handicap and, and all that. So just someone you can like have a beer with on, you know, on the card and some good conversation, you know, between shots and all that. You know, the USGA did change max net double bogeys. So if, if you got somebody's kind of grinding out there, just remind them, like, even if you are obsessed with your handicap, it's going to probably be a net double bogey. So yeah, just frick it up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, number seven, what words or phrases do you most overuse on the golf course? Um, can we swear on this podcast? Sure. There's no children. God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably those. And then, uh, you know, just, uh, That'll play. I don't know. You know, you're trying to encourage your partner, you know, yeah, you're good there. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Num- number eight, what golfing talent? And this question comes uh, sponsored by our, our uh, partners of the pod golf blueprint. What golfing talent would you most want to have? Golfing talent. What I most want to have. Um, Ooh, good question. Um, yeah, I guess just being able to relax, you know, before shots and, and I try to, you know, outside of golf, I try to do a little meditation and, you know, when I can try to do that kind of stuff, but being able to have that on the course and really enjoy it, be in the moment, um, you'll, you'll, you know, you, you play better and you enjoy it more. So I guess that's, <laughs> I love that answer, man. I, I, I struggle when I got a lot on my mind, I struggle with that, but, uh, our, our guys at Golf Blooper, they have a card that helps you focus, focus, you know, br- kind of bring you into the present moment, feel, you know, grass underneath your toes and, and settle in and, and, you know, maybe not toes, yeah. but the thought being <laughs> be present, be present and just like, in, exactly, just immerse yourself in that shot, that moment that, that golf is so much more enjoyable if you're not thinking about, you know, the bazillion things we all have going on in our life. Yeah, Absolutely. Number nine, what is your most treasured golf possession? My probably this back nine prototype behind me. It is the uh it's the most expensive golf bag that uh maybe anyone owns. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Probably, I had a feeling yeah. that was the answer. Number ten. I got I got it, I got it um shipped shipped in from China, you know, it's manufactured. I put it in my in my front room and then like I was looking at it and the kids were downstairs. I'm like I, I need to get this away. I, I, I picked it up and immediately ran out into the garage and like hit it. So uh, nothing <laughs> would happen to it. But uh, Smart yeah. man. Uh, making the turn at number 10, what's the one thing in your golf bag you should throw out? I should, one thing in my golf bag I should throw out. Um, 
probably my my uh, probably my oh, good question. I think my golf bag I should throw out. I don't know. I maybe my maybe my three iron because if I hit my three or my five iron, it's going the same distance. It's not. <laughs> there's no improvement there. Um, so yeah, that's I'd say my three iron with hybrids and fairway woods. Now it's like, what do we need these long guys for anymore? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a glutton for the punishment. So I like those two and one irons, which is for probably an ego trip. I don't know, but uh, there's better, there's nice better stuff you, out there now. When you do hit them well, there's nothing like it. I mean, that's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. Yeah. Uh, number, number 11, it, other than your own job, uh, what, what would be the job or occupation in golf that you would most enjoy maybe something at the golf course or yeah um i could see maybe in like a golf writer you know that that kind of thing bring a little color color to the game i'm not the most you know i don't i'm not like a diehard statistician or, or any of that but just you know like you just enjoying the whole experience you know getting out there enjoying you know a, a beautiful course a beautiful day um kind of bringing that Writing it down so you can kind of take it away, I guess, and re- relive it. That's a good one. But, Number 12, have you ever asked another golfer for their autograph? If so, who? <laughs> no, no, I have not. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> not no really. pros? Not even Marcus Yado? You didn't even ask him? No, I should have. <laughs> I should have. Uh, no, no, no pros. How about you? I guess this is, I, you probably have revealed this already, but... Uh, it's probably been a while. I'll tell you some of my favorites. Um, I, I was a kid, grew up at a golf course, Firestone Country Club, um, where I, where I worked and later played college golf. And they hosted the uh, long time, uh, was a WGC, was an NEC before that, was a World Golf Championship, all that. Um, so there, there's some cool ones. I've asked some pretty good ones. I think uh, one of my all time favorites is. Paul Stankowski. I probably haven't mentioned this one on the pod before, but Paul Stankowski was dead last in a no cut field event. And he, he was coming off of some good years. So like he had, you know, been in the hunt and some majors, but you know, here's this guy, uh, I think he's from Pennsylvania and, and literally no one was following him. Like he, he teed off so early and I had to do a sign carrying that afternoon as a, as a volunteer for the tournament. So I was like, I want to go watch golf. And I just had this like, I don't know why I liked Paul Stankowski, but I did. So I followed him um, for the whole round. And, and you know, he, he's literally dead last. And his caddy comes like, hey, kid, <laughs> you know, you want to come inside the rope? You want to walk with Paul and I? And there's no, like, no other, not a lot of people. I think he's playing with a with a marker as well. Someone from the club, not even a, a pro. And so I got, I get to walk with his caddy and Paul was asking me questions. And at the end he signed a ball for me. So I got the Paul Stankowski signed ball, uh, at my home back in Ohio somewhere, but, um, that was a cool one. There's mine. there you go. Something yeah, that's a great experience. Number 13, what, uh, I'm kind of a history geek. So I want to know what historical golf figure you most relate to. Most relate to, um, hmm, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I maybe, yeah. Historical golf figure that I relate the most to. I don't know. I'm, I I do not read much golf history, or or I mean follow it other than watching it. So I yeah I don't know. I I'm stumped. <laughs> game, game is a big place. You don't have to have an answer. Not not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is not a pass fail. By the way, Bob, there's no, okay. there's no, uh, repercussions to the, the 19th yeah. soul. Just, just illumination. That's all. Yeah. Number 14. What is your greatest golf regret? If you have one. The greatest golf regret. Um, I think it's, I think it's probably playing more when I was younger, um, when I had time, you know, pre even just, you know, five years ago or whatever, before kids, um, just, just playing more and, um, yeah, enjoying it more, getting out there more with, with friends. You know, I played, you know, plenty, but it, you look back and like, man, <laughs> Saturday mornings or, you know, whatever, Saturday afternoon, uh, twilight rounds, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. so yeah. Concur on that one. Even those, even the bar drinking age as like, even if I 
instead of three nights in a row, you know, staying out late and sleeping in, it's like maybe two of them. And then one yeah. of them, I get up and go play golf. Like I would have, I would have liked that adjustment for me personally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Looking back. Number 15, what is your favorite golf book or movie? Um, hmm. I mean, I'm, I, I got to go Happy Gilmore just because it brings me so much joy watching it. You know, I think it's one of those movies that you see it at the right age and it just influences how you look at golf. And may, maybe that's one of the things that maybe, you know, everyone, Tiger Woods obviously changed the game and did more for the game than anyone at his time. But if you think about like the, uh, the impact of what you see now of just bringing all these new demographics and, and different people are interested in the game. I, I wonder if happy Gilmore did, you know, <laughs> so much for that. Like it's, it was, it was such a cultural kind of thing and it's such a shared memory that people, you know, of our age or, you know, around, I guess I'm not sure exactly when it came out, but it did so much to kind of change the way I, I thought about golf and it could be fun and, and, you know, lampooning it a bit, I guess, I guess, um, you know, it's been done before, but that's, that's my most cultural, like, uh, uh, one, I mean, Caddyshack obviously is, is, is the forebearer, but, uh, I saw yeah. that, uh, Adam Sandler through the pandemic, like so many of us has, is just obsessed with golf and playing all the time. And he's like, you know, a full blown avid golfer, which back then, like he kind of dabbled, but he wasn't of interest. And now he's a little bit older. His kids are growing up and he's, uh, he's out playing all the time. He's just on a podcast talking about it. And I guess that like he's got his home club where everyone knows now, like, all right, the, the happy swing thing, like we're not going to bother him with it. But when he goes somewhere new, which he likes to do, he talks on this pot. I can't remember what podcast it was, but he's talking about seeing different courses and he likes playing. He said hundred percent of the time, if, if they see him, everyone's like, Hey, happy, come on, give us the happy. And he does it. He's just like, yeah, I mean, I got to do it. I can't not do it. I got to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's awesome. That's means a good sport about it. Yeah. All right. Rounded out uh, number 16. This is a pre-question. Do you like to listen to the music on the golf course? Um, uh, sometimes I do. All right. Sometimes usually, usually I'm, usually I'm not, but, uh, well th then think about this sometimes. Cause if you had one song to listen to on the golf course, or maybe while you're practicing hitting balls, one song to listen to for the rest of, of your life, what would you do? Or what would it be? Uh, rest of my life. Uh, so there's a James Brown song called, I think it's called The Boss. You, you've, you've heard it. Dun, 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 dun. That song just gets me, gets me jacked up. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I love that song. You know, whenever, whenever, whenever I'm going into, you know, in, in golf or outside of golf, it's like you, you need to get confident, get, uh, get, get jacked up on something. That's a good one. That's Fantastic. We need some James Brown on our playlist. We turn all these into playlists, so that'll be added for sure. There you go. Number 17, if you were to die and come back as a person or thing, what do you think it would be? Oh, wow. Okay. Deep. Uh, we went deep. Yeah. Sometimes it can yeah. be a golf thing or a golf person, but this one, I'm just going to let it. Let it, let it hang out. Um, hmm. Would you say a person or a thing? Mm-hmm. I have to go with some type of flying, a, a bird, an eagle, something like that. Just, I'm looking, actually, I have, a, I have your website up and I'm looking at this, the, the, the course and it's just like, just flying over a golf course would be, would be awesome. So you, you <laughs> want to be a drone. You're going to come back as a drone. drone. Even better. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, drone. That's another thing that didn't exist in golf that is like, ew, who doesn't have a drone these days? Jeez. Yeah. I don't. Oh, yeah. Many, many of our members do number 18 final question for you bob if you had a motto maybe you do what would it be um motto so uh yeah i would say the um what's the uh it's, well i've got one right here never 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 give up that's uh winston churchill so i listen to a good um a book about an audio book about him, uh, during the world war two. And man, we like, you think the pandemic was bad. They were, England was getting the shit bombed out of them for, for a year of maybe a year or two, just not, you know, raids never knew when it was going to happen. People were, they were not sheltering in place either. They were out and about and, you know, he had a tough job. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 
yeah, that gets me through the, you know, the late nights, early mornings, um, you know, with this entrepreneurial stuff. So There's, uh, I was looking at my, my book shelf over here. There's a book on Winston Churchill, you know, one of the most fascinating people that's yeah. ever been in the public eye. Um, I, I, I read that book. It was about his, uh, the Borough War in uh, South Africa where he yes. became Winston. So it's really about like the foundation of there's a lot going on in his family, his dad, his mom, her relationships. And like, he, he wanted to just get out, get away and be his own man. And it's, um, it's fascinating. I mean, he, but he went through some, he was a prisoner of war during that he was tortured. Um, so like, then you then you hear the leadership that he had during world war two. It's, it's unfathomable the decisions he had to make. And, yeah. and I know there's been multiple movies making about it, but here's the thing. I actually found out from some English friends, not everybody loves Winston Churchill the same way. There's a portion of people that think he was narcissistic and egotistical and um, uh, a bully, you know, went, went towards uh, violence more than he needed to. That's so it's like every history always has another side to it, but I, I uh, encourage anybody listening to read up about Winston Churchill. It's a fascinating guy. Yeah, no, for sure. That's cool. Agreed. Well, Bob, I, I hope we can uh, hang out sometime soon. I uh, oh, last question for you. I see a Gaelic football at the top. Are you a are you a footballer? Close. It's a rugby ball. Ah, it's a rugby ball. Okay. But yeah, close. That uh, brand makes. Yeah. So you play rugby? Yes. Yeah. So I'm on. Uh, I, I played in college, and then a couple of my buddies we play on a team called the Krakens. So we play only in summers. Uh, we sign up for these sevens tournaments there's a, there's a few in chicago and then up in milwaukee is a big one but our our motto is um what is it we just we we never practice we just play like we we uh literally have never had a practice <laughs> we just show up and play we've been playing together for a long time but we play against teams that are like legit teams and uh yeah depending on depending on uh what type of tournament it is it could be uh social it could be competitive so uh yeah it's awesome that's awesome. I love uh, competition and, and camaraderie. Anything that keeps us keeps us young, keeps us yeah. playing. Yeah. It's hard to play yeah. as an adult. We all need to play more play in our lives. Well, Bob, thanks for being on, man. We appreciate you joining the show. And uh, I'll add the link in our show notes for anybody that wants to uh, support and, and help outside street golf in the back nine as you're getting ready for launch day. What What's the date again? It's uh, March 8th. March 8th. Okay. Cool. Yeah. This, this will probably uh, release sometime after that. And uh, in the, then the weeks following. So I'll make sure that, you know, folks have it. I, and I know in our, our membership, there's some people that we're talking about these pain points. They got them for sure. And, yeah. and I hope some people check, at least check out your product and, and give it, give it a peek. For sure. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. Take care. All right. Thanks, man. We'll see you.